It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Has time run out on the Phillies? Chase Young explains the mood inside the Washington football team locker room, plus bonus basketball in the WNBA semifinals. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. With six games to go before the end of the regular season, it was do or die for the Philadelphia Phillies against the Atlanta Braves on Tuesday night. And at least right now, it's die. Now, they're not dead yet quite, but it is getting close with now just five games to go, three and a half games back in the division, and they are out of the wild card race. Joining me now from Locked On Phillies, Dan Wilson and Dan, uh, how how close are you to calling the time of death on this Philadelphia Phillies season? Uh, Peter, I'm there. I mean, mathematically, they're still in it. Mathematically, they're three and a half back. They have five to play. The Braves still have six to play if they do indeed need to play that Monday game with the Colorado Rockies. But I don't see any way in which the Phillies get this done. They've had plenty of opportunities to do it this season. I said they likely needed a sweep in this series to get it done. They've now the best they can do. Like best best case scenario is they win two and leave Atlanta a game and a half back of the Braves. And even then still, they'd have to go to Miami and win two of three and hope the Braves win one of three or sweep the Marlins and hope the Braves win two of three over a Mets team who's not playing any for anything this weekend. So look, I chances are slim to none. Uh, the Phillies season on life support at the moment. Uh, I am not optimistic in any sense of the word that they find a way to win the NL East and that's their only way to get in the playoffs now because this loss eliminated them from any wild card contention as well. Yeah. And I'm, I, uh, I'm sorry that we have gotten so macabre with the metaphors here, but, uh, this is, this is how we do this. Uh, as you, as you reflect on this Philly season and let's just sort of assume that, that it's not going to go that the way that, that Phil's fans want it. How do you characterize what they were able to get from this year? Yeah, a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, This season, I predicted 84 wins, I believe it was, before this season. They're at 81 and 76, I think is the number now, with five games remaining. Yeah. So, What are the lottery numbers, Dan? Yeah, exactly right. Like They're (laughs) going to be pretty close. So I'd say they played two expectations. Now, the path to get there has been wild and all over the place. Winning streaks followed by losing streaks. Just a roller coaster all the way through. And you never really know how a team is going to hit their win total at the end of the season. But you figure over 162 games, you can't hide anything. It's a large enough sample size. Like you are what your record says you are kind of thing. So I think the Phillies played about to where I had them at expectations. The disappointing part for me is that basically the NL East played to a level that was much lower than I think most people thought. They had a chance to beat the Atlanta Braves entering the series. They had a chance to sweep them and actually take over first place in the National League East. And it was 
it was a division that was much more winnable than anyone would have guessed. Ronald Acuna, of course, went out. The Mets really fell off a cliff in the, when the Phillies took over first place in August. That kind of put a real end to the Mets season. I don't think they've been in first place since that weekend at Citizens Bank Park. So it's really just the missed opportunities, the way in which they've found ways to lose games. And nights like tonight where the offense just proves to be incredibly inconsistent. It was an Eddie Rosario error in the ninth inning, the only reason they got a single run to begin with. Yep. The day before, they get shut out by the Pittsburgh Pirates. So lots of games like this. Feels like a lot of missed opportunities. And even though they're going to play to what I predicted before this season, it feels like they could have had so much more and just letting games and different stretches slip away in a division that was very winnable. And they really have no excuse to not be playing in the playoffs now for the 10th consecutive year. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Coming up, Chase Young explains the mood inside the Washington football team locker room. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The New York Yankees put more space between them and the Red Sox in the AL wildcard race on Tuesday night after beating the Toronto Blue Jays 7-2. Both Aaron Judds and Giancarlo Stanton homered. The Boston Red Sox, on the other hand, lost to the Baltimore Orioles 4-2. This puts the Yankees two games up on Boston with just five games to play. The St. Louis Cardinals extended their winning streak to a whopping 17 games and clinched an NL wildcard berth with a 6-2 win over the Milwaukee Brewers on Tuesday night. St. Louis will play in the NL wildcard game on October 6th at the LA Dodgers or San Francisco Giants, whoever ends up winning the NL West. The postseason trip will be the third in a row for the Cardinals, but the Brewers have already assured themselves of an NL Central title, having clinched over the weekend. Veteran cornerback Richard Sherman flew out to Tampa on Tuesday to visit and work out for the Buccaneers. Coach Bruce Arians had previously said that general manager Jason Light had reached out to Sherman to gauge his interest. Sherman is dealing with legal issues and has a pretrial hearing scheduled for Friday in Washington. He was arrested in July in connection with the situation at the home of his wife's parents and was charged with five misdemeanors, including two counts of domestic violence, criminal trespass in the second degree, and malicious mischief in the third degree, as well as resisting arrest, driving while under the influence, and reckless endangerment of roadway workers. If you have a good waiver position this week in fantasy football, we've got a few names you should be looking out for. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football with your fantasy waiver report week four. Let's start at running back, where Panthers rookie Chuba Hubbard is a clear top target with Christian McCaffrey hamstrung and out for a little while. Next would be the Raiders' Peyton Barber, who has proved to be a busy film for Josh Jacobs, playing ahead of Kenny Drake in key situations for Las Vegas. At wide receivers, the Bills, Emmanuel Sanders, and the Patriots' Jacoby Myers look like big enough parts of their passing games to be solid reserve options for your bench. If you're playing the streaming route at quarterback, take a look at Washington's Taylor Heineke against the Falcons and the Jets' Zach Wilson with his easiest, best matchup so far as a rookie against the Titans as sneaky options this week. And if you're hurting a tight end, the Vikings' Tyler Conklin and the Browns' Austin Hooper may be busy in the same game this week. 
That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for next on betonline.ag. Week three is in the books, and here are some early lines for week four. The big one we will spend time Talking about this week, Tom Brady's return to Foxborough. Ever heard of that guy? Coming off the Bucks' loss to the Rams, they are still 7.5-point favorites against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. The AFC North-leading Cincinnati Bengals kick off Week 4 on Thursday night against the winless Jacksonville Jaguars. The bet online for this game is Cincy minus 7.5. I'm not sure they should be 7.5-point favorites against anyone, if I'm being honest, but that's why I don't make the lines. The Carolina Panthers are 3-0. and the Dallas Cowboys are 2-1 and one after beating the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night. The betonline.ag line for this game has the Cowboys as 5-point favorites against the undefeated Panthers. For all your football gambling needs, betonline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 100% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. The Washington football team is 1-2 and two on the season, but in second place in the NFC East. Chris Russell from Locked On Washington football team caught up with defensive end Chase Young on where the team is right now. How do you put a finger on, the, on these first three games without, you know, w- with realizing it's such a long season, but yet, you know, the start to everyone, I would assume, is, is disappointing. And, and you all are trying your hardest. I have no doubt about that. I don't think fans question that. But the results just haven't been there yet. Yeah, we definitely uh, – all we do – all we have to do right now is just stick together. Um, that's number one. Make sure we stick together. Um, you know, we're not pointing a finger. Uh, we're, we're, we're working together as a team, uh, defense. We're working as a unit, offense working as a unit. Um, and, uh, you know, trying to get this thing together to play a cop – complimentary football when you go up against a gauntlet of quarterbacks already um in in josh allen and and and, uh, justin herbert and what's still to come matt ryan this sunday is is that motivational is that a scary challenge what 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 is that for chase young Uh, that's that's definitely motivation um and just a a blessing that a a guy gives me another opportunity every week to go against the best you know just to see where i'm at and uh you know, I'm, 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 I'm definitely up for that challenge. So, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's all we're about. Um, going hard and, uh, you know, tightening things up. Uh, every game, pretty much, it seemed like this year, at least, Jack is starting you on the left side and then eventually move over to the right side. Sometimes you switch back and forth. Is there any difference to you in terms of technique, in terms of preference, uh, in terms of what you like? No, nah, I feel like I played both sides in um, college. Um, and Coach Jay always made sure uh, that we can play both sides. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty comfortable on both sides, uh, left and right. Um, and yeah, we just switch up um, knowing that we both get chips. Um, so, you know, that's just in our best uh, interest, uh, just to try to switch sides and throw the offense off a little bit. Does it help you? Um, you know, I notice at times, obviously, your hand's in the dirt. At times, you're standing up. Does it help you one way or the other, Chase? Uh, it just depends on the play. Um, sometimes that we have that we run. Um, so, yeah, just really depends on the plays and, and things like that. Um, you know, I was in Buffalo. I, I think I asked you this question after the game, if I remember correctly. My brain's a little, uh, dist- you know, like you guys have given up three touchdowns on the three opening drives this year. Is, is, there, is there anything that you can put a finger on with some time to reflect here? Or is that just the opponent and they get paid too and they're professionals and they're just executing at a high level? Uh, we just got to start faster. <clears throat> um, 
I feel like. And uh, at the end of the day, we just got to um, play together more. Um, I feel like if we can do those two things early, um, I feel like you'll, you'll see a big change. Was there too much hype about this defense or did you not pay any attention to that? And you just kind of like, Hey, this is the NFL. And again, you're going up against really, really good quarterbacks and offenses. Uh, you know, we, we try not to pay attention to the outside noise, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, as a defense, we know what we can do, uh, you know, cause we've done it. Uh, we, we, um, you know, we, we just know what we can do, man. And uh, you know, we just got to look in the mirror and just really just tighten up. I mean, only thing I can say is that we grind, and uh, you know we, we definitely not gonna keep our we definitely keep our foot on the pedal. Coming up, bonus basketball in the WNBA semifinals. Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. On the planet is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar in the limited time flavor right now. Cookie dough chunk. I have not yet tried it, but I have been told. On good authority, it is delicious. All the limited time flavors, they've all been glorious. Each one just as good, if not better than the last. They've got all these terrific base flavors, peanut butter, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, coconut almond, cherry raspberry, coconut. I mean, just the, the list goes on and on. And they're all high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar. And I don't know how they do it, but they do it. It's delicious, and you should be eating them. If you're not, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The WNBA semifinals kicked off Tuesday night and kicked off with a bang. The Chicago Sky taking down the Connecticut Sun 101-95 in double overtime. Candace Parker puts up 22 to lead the way for the Sky and Courtney Vandersloot just the second triple-double in WNBA playoff history. Joining me now from Locked On Women's Basketball, Erica Ayala and Erica, Candace Parker, she comes home to Chicago and she gives this Sky team exactly the boost that, that they needed. What was the difference tonight for the Sky? Well, you know, Candace Parker is going to do Candace Parker things. Mm. And uh, I was live. I thought I, I went live five minutes into the fourth quarter. And then an hour later, we, we wrapped. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I also said, though, on that Locked on Women's Basketball Live, that truly Candace Parker's leadership has to be the difference in this game because it was the other players around CP3 that got this win for the Chicago Sky. In in the late game, we had the Aces. Uh, they take down uh, in a 96-90 when they take down the Phoenix Mercury. And, and this was Kelsey Plum giving 25 off the bench. She played lights out in this game. If they're getting contributions like that with some of the other players that they have on their team, it looks like the Aces are going to be extremely tough to beat, even with some some legendary players across the lines, Brittany Griner, Diana Taurasi, and, and Skylar Diggins-Smith. I think what it came down to are two teams in very different positions. Kelsey Plum, don't call it a comeback. She's having the <laughs> best the, the best uh, numbers of her career in the WNBA. She had that ankle sprain coming into the WNBA, and we're seeing after coming back from an Achilles injury, putting up 
career numbers. On the other side of things, though, it's Diana Taurasi and that left ankle and how that's going to impact a Phoenix Mercury team that yet again has had to come through the single elimination rounds to get to a semifinal series. Yeah, and one of the big problems on Tuesday night was that Phoenix could not make a three shot, just twenty nine percent, nine of thirty one. Uh, you're just you're just not going to win a lot of playoff games shooting under thirty percent from deep. Erica, for for those listening who have not been following the WNBA playoffs and the end of the WNBA season closely, can you just catch us up briefly on how we got to this point right now? So the WNBA has a new playoff format. We got this format uh, started back in 2017. What we have is that the top eight teams, regardless of conference, make the playoffs. And it came down to the wire, and it was the New York Liberty of all teams that by some mathematical equation and a little bit of uh, luck and help down the road, they make that eight spot. But it was Phoenix that was able to get that win. It came down to the wire though. Phoenix, the sixth seed against the eight seed Phoenix wins that game. I was here and am still here in Seattle. The Seattle storm had a buy. They take Phoenix into overtime, but ultimately Phoenix wins. That's how we get the Phoenix and Las Vegas matchup. On the other side, we had Chicago that had to go through a scrappy, a young and scrappy Dallas team. And then they also get it done by the closest thing that we've had to a dynasty in quite some time in the Minnesota Lynx. And they too come through the single elimination round. They take the number one seed, the Connecticut Sun, to double overtime on their home court. They've only lost once in the regular season, the Connecticut Sun at Mohegan Sun Arena. But the Chicago Sky, led by Candace Parker, Kalia Copper, such a great game. Courtney Vandersloot getting the triple-double. That's how we get Chicago facing up against the number one team. And again, as you can see, these these, uh, series, we're glad we get series now, though, Peter, because anything truly can happen with the final four teams in the WNBA playoffs. And finally, Bryson DeChambeau finished tied for second place in his group after the first day of the Professional Long Drivers Association World Championships in Mesquite, Nevada, averaging 406.2 yards on his five longest tee shots. DeChambeau hit drives of 412, 408, 407, 403, and 401 on Tuesday to advance to the next round. The field on Wednesday will be narrowed from 64 to 32, with the top eight from each group advancing to Thursday then down to the final 16 for Friday's final round. This comes just a few days after he helped the U.S. team win the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits. He's already back out there hitting bombs. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Make your second listen Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe, free and available on all platforms. Coming up Thursday, can the Jags get their first win of the season? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.